This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Hey guys, thanks for listening to Breaking Points with Crystal and Sagar. We're going to be totally upfront with you. We took a big risk going independent. To make this work, we need your support to beat the corporate media. CNN, Fox, MSNBC, they are ripping this country apart. They are making millions of dollars doing it. To help support our mission of making all of us hate each other less, hate the corrupt ruling class more, support the show. Become a Breaking Points Premium member today where you get to watch and listen to the entire show ad-free and uncut an hour early before everyone else. You get to hear our reactions to each other's monologues. You get to participate in weekly Ask Me Anythings. And you don't need to hear our annoying voices pitching you like I am right now. So what are you waiting for? Go to breakingpoints.com, become a premium member today, which is available in the show notes. Enjoy the show, guys. Some incredible development on the Theranos front. Elizabeth Holmes, let's go ahead and put this up there on the screen. She's found her latest grift, which is grifting off the Me Too movement, (laughs) saying that the founder of blood testing startup plans to defend herself at federal fraud trial by arguing that her ex-boyfriend, who was an executive at the company, emotionally and sexually abused her according to legal filings. So this is all pretty incredible, Crystal, because anybody who has read Bad Blood by... uh, I forgot his name, actually. John, wow, I can't believe it. Anyway, anybody who has read that book about inside of what was happening inside Theranos knows that her boyfriend at the time, Ramesh Sunny Balwani, Sunny is how he is known, was directly in cahoots with her, but that she was the chief executive overseeing a lot of the fraud, not only of her own employees, pitching it to customers, which ultimately you know, resulted in many people getting faulty blood work and making bad decisions, and in some cases, adverse decisions around their health. 
That is ultimately her crime. It's not just about the fact that she defrauded a bunch of millionaires here on the East Coast in order to buy her own BS. Actual people were harmed by this product. Yes. That's actually always the one that gets me. And so she is trying to use, you know, the sympathetic, like, oh, he emotionally abused me. I mean, maybe. It sounds like she emotionally abused most of her staff and anybody who uh, was there. Allegedly, by the way, for her lawyers. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, She allegedly abused most of her staff who worked for her and many of whom were so guilty over realizing that their product didn't work, tried to speak out to the media and more and Ultimately, this is the price that she, in my opinion, again for her lawyers, deserves to pay being guilty in this case. But it's just, you know, the classic development. She has always tried to play the woman card, both in terms of pushing her fraud in the first place and now doing it whenever it comes to her actual defense. That is very true. It's very consistent with her behavior Mm -hmm. this entire time to now lean into a defense of, like, me too made me do it. Um, Some of the details here, and by the way, it's John Kerry Rue is the name that you were looking for. Um, So she's not going to present an insanity defense, according to her lawyer's new documents. Instead, Holmes's legal team wrote she'll be demonstrating a defense of a mental condition bearing on guilt that was the result of partner abuse sure. and that impacted her state of mind yeah. at the time of the alleged crimes. Um, yeah, she, from the beginning, leaned into her status as, like, female mm-hmm. tech She's the lean-in That's who she was. That's yeah. why she was able to raise so much money. I mean, the luminaries who associated themselves with this just utter fraud, the list is a mile long. And as you said, you know, what she did is they were giving fake tests and fake results to people who were actually relying on these things. The level of fraud and grift here was completely insane. And yes, there are many, many reports of her being incredibly abusive to the staff and all around her. So let's be clear that, by alleged, 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 let's be clear that uh, this was her baby, Mm -hmm. okay? This was her company that she started. Um, The behavior and the pattern is consistent throughout. So the idea that, like, Me Too made me do it is insane. And also, look, there are all kinds of psychological circumstances happening with people. Maybe it's because of a a traumatic childhood or whatever circumstances surrounding their life that leads ultimately to the end result of crimes being committed. But if, if she is able to get a reduced sentence or get off because of this dynamic, I mean— what incredible, it'll be an incredible another demonstration of a failure of elite accountability of a two-tier justice system that anyone would even entertain this. Imagine someone who wasn't wealthy, someone who wasn't white trying to put this in front of the court. They'd laugh him out of the, laugh him out of the room. Um, we're going to have a chance. She's likely to take the stand and testify herself at her trial. So it will be interesting to see exactly what she I hope the audio comes out of that because I want to see if that voice is still as deep as it was. Yeah, that was part of what was reported is the way that she She intentionally deepened her voice and she'd wear, it was like those turtlenecks in imitation of Steve Jobs, right? I mean, all of it was about, she was much more focused on creating this like brand around herself than she was ever on actually having a product. Yeah, like a real company. That would <laughs> be effective 
and provide people with the test results that they need to make informed decisions about yeah. their health. So. I'm looking forward to it. I know John Kerry, you I actually, I saw he just released two new episodes on like the Bad Blood. I think it's a new podcast. So I'm going to oh, go take really? a listen to that. I encourage you guys to go. Yeah, all the that. documentaries and everything yeah. are incredible as really well. Really good. Definitely worth watching. All right. all right, guys, we'll have more for you later. Hey, so remember how we told you how awesome premium membership was? Well, here we are again to remind you that becoming a premium member means you don't have to listen to our constant pleas for you to subscribe. So what are you waiting for? Become a premium member today by going to breakingpoints.com, which you can click on in the show notes. More fallout this morning from the uh, Andrew Cuomo scandal and resignation. So part of the story, part of what was revealed from Letitia James's report about his sexual harassment, those allegations, is the number of elites here in D.C. who protected this mm-hmm. guy. And not just any elites. Elites from supposed social justice and civil rights organizations like the head of Human Rights Campaign and like Time's Up which is an organization which is supposed to be dedicated to um, victims of Me Too and sexual harassment and sexual assault. So uh, the latest development is that Tina Chen, who is Time's Up's president and CEO, has now resigned. Washington Post got their hands actually on text messages Mm -hmm. between Tina Chen and Roberta Kaplan and others in the group um, telling them to stand down on providing any sort of support to Lindsey Boylan, who's one of Cuomo's accusers, and who also um, is one of the women who was completely smeared by Cuomo and those around him. Um, the head of HRC, Human Rights Campaign, also was involved in some of the uh, some of the behavior. I think mm. they handed over confidential personnel files about Lindsey Boylan that Cuomo could then use in smearing her. So Time's Up also complicit here in helping to uh, allow these allegations about Lindsey Boylan to, to come out from Cuomo and to not support her, which is supposedly the whole mission of the organization. So in all of this, you see what they were really about, which is when it's convenient, they'll support women. And they also will stand as an organization that can protect um, elite Democrats when any allegations come out against them. So they get to be the gatekeepers. Yep, they get to exactly decide right. whose allegations count. Does Tara Reid's allegation count, for example? No, it did not count. Does Lindsey Boylan's allegation against Andrew Cuomo count? No, that did not count. And whose allegations actually merit being heard and being taken seriously. It's just amazing. And just so you guys know her background, because I thought this was hilarious, which is that she was former Michelle Obama's chief of staff. Mm-hmm. And she was the head of the Women's and Girls Initiative initiative under the White House, under Barack Obama. So that's who Tina Chen was. And she was totally had zero accountability for what happened here. She resigned basically because of the bottoms up outrage within that and the public outrage over what she was doing. But you can see clearly that she did not have a lot of remorse. You know, hours before that she even resigned, she was on a podcast on a panel discussion in which she was questioned. And she just said, We need to have a responsible way that does not lead survivors to question us or feel as though we have betrayed them. That was hours before. So she really wasn't taking any accountability and refused to talk about what her own actions were in covering up all of this. And it just reveals them for the frauds that they are, which is that they don't actually care about women. They were just talking about protecting elite Democrats. And worse, 
raising a lot of money for themselves. That's actually the worst part, which is that a lot of people got rich, you know, on, on these organizations and more. And uh, yeah, she may have resigned, but I'm sure she'll be resurrected soon. So Hillary Rosen, Roberta Kaplan, mm-hmm. Tina Chen, these are all very high-level Democratic operatives, donors, and strategists, okay? You do not get any more connected than these three women within the Democratic Party. So the idea that they were going to set up a neutral organization, non-political organization, that was just going to support women, going to help women tell their stories, going to assist them. The legal defense fund is supposed to help them with funds for lawyers so they can actually take their claims to a court of law. No, this is all about gatekeeping. This is all about deciding who gets heard and who doesn't. If it's convenient for us, if it serves our political interests, then yes, I always support you, and here's the funds, and let's elevate, let's tell your story to the media, let's get you out there. If it's inconvenient for us, if it's against Joe Biden or Andrew Cuomo or who knows what other um, Democrats have had allegations against them that they you know, decided weren't worthy of consideration, well, then they can stop you from getting that attention and that support and that those funds to take your um, claims ultimately to a court of law. So it just reveals what this organization was actually about. And it was always, it appears, primarily <laughs> about serving a partisan function and making sure that this new me, whole Me Too thing didn't ultimately come back and bite Democrats. Which is actually just sad because, you know, it is a noble cause. But watching yes. it get hijacked by uh, these uh, by these corporate people is really gross. And turning it into a partisan one is even worse. Yes, so, exactly right. All right, guys, we'll have more for you later. Wow, you guys must really like listening to our voices. Well, I know this is annoying. Instead of making you listen to a Viagra commercial, when you're done, check out the other podcasts I do with Marshall Kosloff called The Realignment. We talk a lot about the deeper issues that are changing, realigning in American society. You always need more Crystal and Saga in your daily lives. Take care, guys. So there's been a strike ongoing among auto mechanics in the city of Chicago. And joining us now to break down what exactly is going on there is Ronnie Gonzalez. He's business representative at the Auto Mechanics Local 701. Great to have you, Ronnie. Good to see you, Ronnie. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Mm -hmm. Um, Just give us an update. How long has the strike been going on and what are your concerns? The strike started August 2nd, uh, Monday morning at the open of business for the car dealerships. Um, the, we had a membership meeting on the 30, on the 1st to vote the final offer given by the NCDC. And at that time, the offer was rejected by 97% by our membership, followed up by a strike vote that, uh, passed with a 99% approval from the membership. So the major sticking points, uh, currently are the NCDC has proposed language. Um, One article is the most favored nations language, and that basically gives the ability to the NCDC to cherry pick provisions out of other automobile mechanic or automotive contracts, any policies or provisions that they feel beneficial to them, and they would be effective immediately, not giving the union any ability to bargain on them. Uh, The membership and the union are very opposed to that because we feel that each company and negotiations and agreement have their own set of circumstances and um, nobody has the right to reach into somebody else's contract. Uh, The second issue is the uh, lack of funding to our health and welfare. The trustees have put forth a set rate for um, what they need to keep our health and welfare um, fund going and the NCDC fails to meet that rate. 
And thirdly, we um, are rejecting a provision that will reduce the journeyman's base pay guarantee when they come in for 40 hours a week, they get a base rate that, you know, if the work is slow or productivity is down for whatever reason, whether it's due to their control or not, that the management would give would have the ability to reduce that uh, base pay. Mm -hmm. And we're just we're against that also. So just tell us, Ronnie, about not, you know, obviously the specifics of the contract is really important. You guys have been on strike now for quite some time. Like, how are you guys doing in terms of that? Do you guys see any progress towards getting what you want um, from management for the deal? Yes, it's this is uh, our fifth week just started. And, um, you know, I've been out to the strike lines on a regular basis and the morale is really high. The membership um, knows why they're out there and they're dedicated to the cause that they want to have a good language or a good contract to work under and they will not um, stand for a substandard contract. So they know what it takes. In 2017, they um, had a seven and a half week strike that ultimately led to a acceptable contract that they passed. And so this group has the uh, ability and knows what it takes to stay out for a strike to get an acceptable contract. One of the things I read in the news reports was that there was a defectors group that somehow factors into this, but I couldn't quite understand how this all works. Could you just explain that piece to me? In the NCDC started uh, with roughly 130 dealerships, and towards the end of that strike, um, the dealerships just um, left the NCDC to take an agreement that they've felt was um, acceptable to both the dealerships and the members. So coming into this set of negotiations in 2021, that group of people uh, created their own new association, which was named the Defectors, and um, that they bargained their own deal and they never went on strike. That group was roughly about 30 dealerships. And that group has grown to over 70 dealerships now. And they are in the majority. Uh, the NCDC, I believe, is, came into this negotiations at 56 dealerships and um, are now far below that number as people are once again defecting. So one of the things that I think is important for people to understand, Ronnie, because so much of America has sort of lost touch with the labor movement and what it means, the language of it, the language of strikes, what this is all about. If you all weren't unionized, what sort of power would you have in this situation to get the deal that you deserve? Um, I don't think any, because if you don't have a union to represent you, then you don't have a seat at the table to negotiate the terms of the contract. And yeah. so what are the dealerships doing right now? Are people getting their cars fixed or are they using scab labor? How are they sort of coping with this situation? There is mainly, there are no certified union mechanics inside any of the shops that are currently picketing. Um, I've heard of service writers and managers changing oil just to try and get a custom, couple customers taken care of, but ultimately there are no certified union mechanics doing work on the other side of the strike lines. Got it. What can our audience do to support you guys and what kind of community support have you gotten, Ronnie? Um, community support has been abundant. The, uh, you know, Chicago is a very union dense area and uh, other unions, um, 
police officers, firefighters, teachers. Um, sorry if I left anybody out. I know there's been a whole bunch of people, construction trades, electricians, plumbers. Different um, unions have come out and dropped off water, dropped off food, dropped off donuts and coffee and all type of material support to help the guys and girls out there on the strike line. And um, we, we really appreciate that type of support. Um, and, you know, honk as you go by, wave. If you're an actual customer to the dealership, write a letter to the dealership and say that, you know, giving acceptable terms to our mechanics is something that you desire as a customer. Right. Well, I know we have a lot of people watching from Chicago, so thank you for bringing us all up to speed. It's really important and we support you guys. Thank you. Thank you for covering our story. One more thing, I promise. Just wanted to make sure you knew about my podcast with Kyle Kalinske. It's called Crystal Kyle and Friends, where we do long-form interviews with people like Noam Chomsky, Cornell West, and Glenn Greenwald. You can listen on any podcast platform, or you can subscribe over on Substack to get the video a day early. We're going to stop bugging you now. Enjoy. Okay, guys, we wanted to make sure that you had something on Labor Day, and that is, frankly, in my view, a very good story, although there's some mixed reactions to it. Let's put it up there on the screen, which is that breaking news that happened over the weekend. Purdue Pharmaceuticals is going to be dissolved, and the Sackler family is going to have to pay $4.5 billion to settle opioid claims. So that ruling in bankruptcy court, this is it. It's over. It caps the long legal battle over the company itself who fueled the opioid epidemic epidemic knowingly in some cases and the family that owns it, the Sackler family, who of course buy to, tried to buy their way into respectable company by funding the Met Museum and a lot of other different places. This is very important for two reasons. Number one, Yes, they have paid $4.5 billion. They will pay it in installments over roughly nine years. Those payments and the profits of a new drug from the company will go towards addiction treatment and prevention treatment across the country. That is a good thing. That being said, at the end of the day, and the judge in the case itself pointed this out, he said, quote, this is a bitter result, bitter, explaining that so much Sackler money was parked offshore in accounts, he said he expected and had wished for a higher settlement. And what that points to is both the culpability of the Sackler family itself, of the fact that they tried to use all of their political connections in order to get off as free as they possibly could here. And Marshall, I don't think there's any illusion that they will remain billionaires after this is done that their company that they formed, yes, it has been dissolved, but they still profited. And ultimately, while they did have to, uh, while they did have to admit some culpability in fueling the opioid crisis and the deaths of quite literally hundreds of thousands of people here in the United States, that they are going to get, they are definitely going to get away with this. And the point I want to get your thoughts on, in particular, is where a lot of people are upset. Let's put this next uh, screen or tear sheet up on the screen. That they will now have immunity from remaining lawsuits. So part of the deal here was, okay, we pay four and a half billion, and now nobody can sue us in perpetuity over this. This is it, it's over, it's settled. There's not a lot of closure for some of the victims here. Some people feel that the uh, penalty should have been much higher. What do you think? Yeah, there's two different tensions here. One is, I don't think we're a sadomasochistic yeah. country. There is enough. There is right. a point where things are enough. But for most people, and we got so much feedback mm -hmm. on this on Reddit, 
on Twitter, it's this is crewy, not it. Right. If they're still billionaires, then they had yeah, they weren't not, screaming right. uncle yet. <laughs> yeah. This isn't this isn't about like some notion of like mercy or stoppage, like or being opposed to gratuitous. It's just this is they're still billionaires. Mm-hmm. And given the stock market, I mean they could just park money different places and right. get right. back yeah, within easily. a generation. So it's 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 that real factor here. It feels as if this wasn't enough. And if I think if immunity had come at a point where they were actually broken mm-hmm. as a unit, that would feel more fair for people. Because, you know, losing forty to forty five percent of your fortune, what does that what does that mean? Like and, and, and yes, like it's true that actually answer this for me. Like wh- where where does their reputation stand like, as a family? So I know everyone caught them trying to buy back their reputation, but are they going to have all the monuments taken down? Are the names going to go down? Oh, well, so I know, I think the Met did remove their name mm-hmm. for the Met. For, but again, that's there. But, you know, in terms of the, re- look, it doesn't take that long. You have billions of dollars. There are people out there and they'll take it. Ten years from now, they'll probably take it. And that, I think, is part of it. Maybe somebody will change their name and then it's over, right? And who the hell cares what the check to what the check is whenever you're talking about some art or orchestra philanthropy or whatever. I think they'll probably buy their way back in New York polite society within, like you said, a generation. That's all it really takes for these people. And I do want to underscore that this immunity part was a key thing in this Sackler's settlement. So we had covered previously, Crystal and I, their push for immunity, David Sackler, and kind of the threats that he was making. And it's been pretty clear now for over a month that they were gonna get it. And I think that really what we have to do is just channel what the judge said. He's like, you people are parking your money offshore. Settlement should have been much higher. Also, Marshall, they have nine years to pay it, okay? It's not like they have to wire transfer it all right now. Nine whole years. So what are they going to do in the interim? They can actually hold that money, just put it in the stock market, off the the dividends from that alone. They could live like kings for years, right? So really what it is is that they got away with basically murder. Um, And look, I know it's a controversial statement, but everything that has come out from how this company conducted itself, from knowingly pushing these types of drugs, from not only knowingly, but covering up the evidence of addiction, of pushing it even when they knew in order to make money, of manipulating the medical system, that is as bad as it gets um, in terms of their behavior as a company. And you shouldn't be able to get away with this. It's like what you're saying. I think people would probably be fine if they were, you know, 10 billion, right? It's like what happened with OJ, where they were like, for the rest of your life, you have to pay whatever, which I support, by the way, uh, on that one. To and be clear. Yeah, yeah, which I'm 100%. He also did it. So yeah, we're going yeah, we're gonna, yeah. we're to be very clear yeah, with I OJ. Have one, yeah, allegedly <laughs> for OJ's lawyers. Okay, so all of that being said, this is clearly not justice. And I think that is the part that really, you know, really makes me mad, which is there are a lot of people who are dead um, and whose families were ruined. Because think about how many well-meaning people had back pain and their doctor prescribed them opioids and then two years later, they're strung out on black tar heroin. Like that's a direct responsibility. That's a direct response to the uh, behavior of this company. Yeah, I just want to quickly preview tomorrow's realignment episode because it speaks direct to yeah. this. We have Ben Mesrick. He is the author of The Antisocial right. Network, Bitcoin Billionaires, the book that inspired the social network. And he made this really interesting point about why people – especially in game stocks, have deep hatred towards financial elites. It's that it doesn't seem like there's any actual serious financial consequence to failure. Right. In the sense that if you're a 
homeowner who got behind in your mortgage payments after 2008, like you're done. And maybe, yeah, all, and maybe all you owe is $50,000. You're wrecked over that amount. But if you're, if you're a billionaire family that didn't just screw up in terms of housing, but literally killed people, you lose like 30% right. of your fortune. Right. And then that's sort of inconvenient. And yeah, maybe you're going to want to change your daughter's last name so she can get into the proper <laughs> grammar school. But it's never actually a real consequence. And then it's just really this gap in money it's just, it's just crazy and we get into it, of course. Yeah, no, it really is. It's a travesty. Um, we'll continue to follow this story, guys, but unfortunately, I think this might be the end to it. Um, and you guys should check out that GameStop episode with Ben Mesrick on The Realignment. Really, really enjoyed it. Okay, all right, we will see you all tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the show, guys. We really appreciate it. To help other people find the show, go ahead and leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. really helps other people find the show. As always, special thank you to Supercast for powering our premium membership. If you want to find out more, go to crystalandsager.com. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.